Hello friends, and welcome to an addendum to Season 3, Episode 11, uh, the music episode. Um, earlier this week, I had an oh fuck we left Kevin at home moment when I realized that I neglected to talk about perhaps one of the most formative bands for me, um, Nap Attack, with an exclamation point at the end. Um, Nap Attack was, were, I don't, I'm not sure what uh, what number verb to use for bands, but anyway, uh, Nap Attack existed in the, uh, early 2000s, I believe, they existed very, very briefly, I think that they put out, uh, I know for sure that they put out an EP, um, maybe another EP or a demo, um, they were on the monosyllabic record label, which is now defunct, um, and there's not a whole lot of information about uh, nap attack out there. They used to have a um, like a band page, but I tried checking it out today, and I got a, an alert that the link wasn't secure. Um, but um, I have been listening to Nap Attack for oh man, probably close to like a decade and a half. I want to say that I heard them first on the WTUL uh, radio station, uh, the same radio station that uh, turned me on to Mates of State along with a host of like metalcore and screamo bands. Um, but so uh, <laughs> Nap Attack is, or it was, I guess, um, one of the first instrumental like math rock bands that I ever heard um, I'm trying to think I was thinking about this all week um, and I was trying to remember if I heard Nap Attack before I heard Pelican and I'm not sure uh, because I remember when talking and talking about Pelican that saying that Pelican was one of like the first instrumental bands that I heard or that I came across um, which gave some uh, validity, I guess, to the music that my brother and I were uh, were creating when we were younger, because we didn't encounter a whole lot of instrumental bands that were out there, um, and I have a feeling, and I think that I heard Nap Attack first, um, and because of that, well, I mean potentially because of that, but if not that, then because of a whole slew of other reasons, uh, they hold a very, very special place, uh, in my, uh, I guess, musical pantheon, uh, because the band fundamentally changed my view and my understanding of how, uh, instruments can be used in a band, um, or I guess instrumentation, or just like the roles that instruments play, because uh, like I said in the at the actual episode eleven, um, I grew up ish playing bass, but I tended to not, I don't know if I got into this, but I tended to not play. I guess I probably didn't, um, so I'll get into it now. Uh, I tended to not play bass like a typical bassist, I guess. Um, when 
when my brother and I did music, um, he because he played guitar, he was uh, his role. I guess his primary role was creating the the sort of chord structures to the songs and some of the melody. Um, but he um, that gave me, not allowed me. We kind of had an understanding that whatever I wanted to do with bass, unless he had a very particular um, clear thing that he heard in his head for like a section or, um, yeah, I guess at most was maybe like a section. Um, for the rest of it, like I was kind of free to do whatever it is that I wanted to do. Um, and at the time, Matthew had been playing guitar um, intensely and passionately for a good amount longer than than I had been playing bass. So there was a there was a huge uh, amount of appreciation that I felt, um, and no small part of trust that I sort of intuitive that Matthew had for me, um, or that Matthew had towards me when it came to playing bass. The, like the fact that he essentially was like, you know, just do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, that trust really um, encouraged, I think, my bass playing and my, um, it really amped up the, I guess, the fortitude that I had in my own abilities. Um, because I, I don't think that this has ever come up in a, in a podcast episode, but I am, uh, I think, at the core, a very hesitant person um if i'm if i'm comfortable with things then the hesitancy kind of uh can be um like flavor blasted away but by and large i think that there's at my core sort of just a a general and maybe sort of just generic uh hesitance that i that i feel um and it it takes me sort of a while to get into things and I, I kind of him and I haw about stuff. I mean, I'm sure that people listening to the podcast can have recognized certain, uh, vocal ticks or certain phrases that I use. Um, when I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to walk my way through a thought or through, uh, a question. There's lots of, you know, sort of not teetering, but sort of like a, you know, it's, it's not, there's, I, I'm, my, my foot, my feet are never firmly planted sort of anywhere. Um, so when Matthew and I first started playing music, there was lots and lots of hesitance or hesitancy that I felt playing with him because, I mean, he's my older brother, so there was a whole sort of ingrained relationship and, and um, like a view that I had of him, which when it came to music was ampli amplified, for lack of a better pun, um, and really exponentially increased because I saw in him a level of like musical creativity and proficiency and dedication that I think I knew innately that I would never really ever get to. Um, I've thought a lot about like art and art practices um, and 
the fact that there are there are certain pursuits that that require you and I I'm I don't know if it's all artistic pursuits or if it's some of them or if it's like depending upon I think what uh, what level you want to be at and really kind of how you operate um, I think that there are a lot of artistic pursuits and lots of just pursuits in general that require you to sacrifice a, a good amount of, of things, um, primarily like time and, I mean, you know, it's like it, it forces you to, to pour in so much of yourself and so much of your time and your attention and your just sort of ambient life into it um and matthew willingly did that with with music and i recognize that potentially because of the just sort of general hesitancy that i that i exhibit and i feel um but i think because of probably some other reasons too that i i don't think at the time i didn't think that i would ever be able to to attain the sort of dedication and perseverance that that he exhibited, um, and I'm I'm unsure now. I'm I'm a little less uh, like when I was when I was younger when I was playing music with Matthew. I was pretty fucking sure that I would never get there, and now I'm I have a hunch that I probably won't ever get there. But it's it's not as stringent held of a belief um, or stringently held belief. But anyway, um, because of the, the freedom that was involved in play, with playing music with my brother, um, I so typically with, with bass, you know, a lot of the way that bass, um, a lot of the ways that bass is utilized is really sort of like, even not like outside of jazz, where you're playing sort of the, you're providing sort of a very, uh, loose but or I guess maybe spacey but rigid chord um, structure or chord foundation bass in other lots of other music is used similarly to that um, you're usually playing sort of like the roots of the chords up and you're not like the bass is not really like a riff or a melodic instrument it is very much sort of in line with like a the rhythm instruments um, and I didn't do that when I played music with Matthew. I was coming up with my own melodies. I was coming up with my own riffs um, with sort of a, a very basic understanding of music theory, but sort of just going by ear, which is how I, um, how I compose most of the music that I, that I play. Um, I would, we would have these weird harmonies and, you know, like I'd be playing parts of chords that typically aren't, you know, like the bass would not normally be playing like a minor seventh of a chord, but like Matthew played really weird chords and I just sort of worked around and found until, and just, you know, sort of just dicked around on my bass until I found something that sounded good with what he was playing. Um, but so with Nap Attack at that point, it was sort of just listening to them and the the freedom that they that they had because um, they it was it was a trio. So there's a drummer, there was a lead bassist, and I'm 
I'm not really sure what role the guitar occupied. Sort of maybe like rhythm guitar, but also like sort of more doing what the what the bass does. Um, so listening to them when I was younger was sort of the like Pelican and the, the like. There's a band that plays really fucking heavy music that is completely instrumental and while Matthew and I didn't play exclusively really fucking heavy music, we had that sort of beacon out there to show that, or to, to see or to say that there are other people out there that are doing this. There's some of this ground has already been covered, so we like, we're not having to blaze a completely new path, but we're definitely sort of, you know, wandering off of the trail that, that, that like Pelican um, cut out of the, of the underbrush. Um, and with Nap Attack, it was a similar sort of like uh, validation, I guess, that there's a band out in the world that is doing, that is creating this very intricate, very weird music and using instruments in a way that are not typically, the, using instruments in a way that they're not typically used, or at least up until that point that Matthew and I hadn't really encountered a whole lot in music. Um, and it was, it just, it blew open the sort of like, it gave us permission to just to do kind of whatever the fuck we wanted to do. Um, but since then, so I've been listening to Nap Attack pretty reg, pretty on the regs um, since I was first introduced to, to them. Um, their EP, Choose Your Own Adventures, um, has a very heavy fall connotation for me like a lot of the other music that I brought uh, in episode 11. Uh, so, you know, early, to, or maybe like mid-September, they're on my iPod, you know, I'm listening to them with the windows down, and it, it puts me in this very sort of hopeful, excited mood. Um, and I still feel in them the sort of energy of just like, you just, you can, it's like you just do whatever, you can just do whatever you want to do. Um, the... Uh, university that I, I went to school for uh, my MFA uh, had like the, the MFA program had as sort of its guiding mantra um, the word plork or I, I guess more the concept or the idea of plork which is a portmanteau of play and work uh, and the whole idea of it or at least my understanding of the idea of it is that the the sort of like the freedom and the low stakesness of play where like it's okay to fuck up it's okay to fail because it's not really a failure it's just something that like it's something that didn't work out like failure to me feels like it it carries a lot of very heavy and very negative connotations it's like you you shot for something that was real important and it carried a lot of weight and you missed it and you fucking failed and I feel like within Plork, you know, like when you're playing, it's it's sort of like improv or it's, you know, there's no, it's like you're trying out, you're testing the waters. And if something doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and again, that's sort of permission to, to have things that don't work out because not everything is going to work out. Um, so taking that idea of, of play and that sort of, you know, like when you're a kid and you're just kind of, you know, you're just dicking around and you're, 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 you're trying things and you're attempting things 
to see what works. Um, and the, the sort of the, the changing of the perception of that when things don't work out, it's not necessarily a failure. It's just that, okay, well, that didn't work. And because that didn't work, you, you can use that to gain a better idea or a better, better understanding of the things that could possibly work. Um, but there is also, because it is work, and that's the, the other aspect of the portmanteau, there is a definite seriousness or a definite, definite um, dedication to what you're doing. So it's you're, you're playing, but you're playing seriously or that you're, you're I mean, you're, you're not taking yourself super seriously, but you are like you're, you are doing the things that you need to do in order for in order to get better and you're, you're taking that aspect seriously like taking uh, taking your your progress or your percent uh, your uh, yeah whatever progress that works uh, or your procession maybe was the word that I was looking for and got stumbled on um, taking that seriously and doing the things that you need to do to to be better or maybe not necessarily better but be more complete in your art or be more um i don't know have a have a more efficient art practice i don't know or to be to to more to more fully in, inhabit or embody or utilize or you know like to make like let's say you're doing writing to make writing not just a thing that you do but a, a way that you live or a way that you experience or encounter the world and you know like very seriously work towards that but in a way that is relatively free and kind of you know not crazy high stakes um so i get that sense and i i think <laughs> i it, looking back on it now, um, I, I don't think I've ever put these two bits of information together. Um, but I think that I was fairly primed for the idea of Plork by listening to uh, Nap Attack. I think that I think that the energy or the the vibe that I get from their EP for me feels like Plork. That it, it's very you can you can tell that they put a lot of time and a lot of energy into the like the the perfection of their music but it is free and it feels light and it feels like it's it's like joyful and it's it's willing to go places and it's willing to take risks and i i personally feel like all the risks that they or all the the, the things that they decided to do in their songs and on their album work but I'm sure that in in the the creation of or in the process of those songs, there was lots of things that probably didn't pan out. But you know, it's like I I feel that energy in in the in the music. I it I can't help but imagine that the guys playing whenever they played their songs at a show or at practice, they were smiling. Like that's that's the type of music that it feels like to me. Um, and I tend to not listen to a lot of music like that, so it's it's nice to have that sort of because um, with with Asian Kung Fu Generation uh, with World 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 I don't I don't know how many worlds there are in the album name, but for um, Atarashi Sekai, 
it's there's a a level of I don't know somberness like with fall that I mean maybe more fall afternoon um, where you get the sort of sense that like the year's closing down and it's it's still vibrant and it's still exciting and there's still energy there but underneath everything you still kind of know that it's that things are closing down um, and with choose your own adventure it's like full on upward trajectory that there's there's none of the the sort of ambient somberness or ambient uh bittersweetness in it at you know it's like it is full-on just hope and exuberance upwards um so since um well i guess like two or three years ago I have to double check on that for my own purposes. But um, I've been playing in a band with uh, my partner and a uh, very dear friend of mine. And um, we are also a trio. We have uh, written or come up with primarily instrumental music. I think one or two of our songs have lyrics, but um, Tyler, our drummer, um, who's my dear, very dear friend, uh, has the ability to sing and sings very, very well, but it is difficult for them to sing and play drums at the same time. Um, Morgan, my partner, also sings well, but it, again, it is difficult for her to sing and play cello at the same time. Um, and uh, I don't really sing, um, and none of us have really are experienced with writing lyrics. So for the moment, uh, we are an instrumental band. And I occupy the role of lead bass, which is something that I never really thought that I would, uh, not really a role that I ever thought that I would play in a band because I never really expected to be in another band. But uh, listening to Nap Attack now, there is, there is still that, that permission or still that sort of validation, but in a very different way for me now because I am occupying a role that I can see very, very clearly and I, I can hear uh, wonderful evidence of another bassist out there in the world, at least at some point, who's doing some of the shit that I'm doing in this band. Um, and it's it's really interesting to have that sort of experience that it's, it's the same sort of encouragement or it's, at its core, it's the same encouragement, but it is encouragement for two like very very different things um because when i was when i would play with my brother like i i don't think i ever used a pick and i didn't really do chords unless i i plucked them with my fingers but it was it was more um like single note riffs and melodies that i was coming up with and in in the band uh with uh, morgan and tyler I am sort of the the melodic, well, I mean, I guess I'm more sort of like the chordal um, foundation for the, for the band uh, and for the music. So I am wielding a pick and playing chords for the vast majority of the songs that we have done. Um, so it's just, it's interesting that, that that's the case. And it's, it's been this band that has, that has pivoted in encouragement and in, in validation, but at its core is still giving me this, the same sort of 
uh, hope and encouragement. Um, but I would like to play y'all or just have some songs at the end of this little spiel. Um, I am going to put up the first two songs on the Choose Your Own Adventure EP. Um, 100,000 Welcomes, and if it doesn't feel good, then don't do it. Uh, so I am going to close this out because I've talked, as usual, for way fucking longer than I intend to. Um, but, yeah, so I will I will shut up. I will play the songs. Um, I would like to apologize to the spirit of Nap Attack for not including them in the... Uh, in the full episode 11, but, I don't know, maybe, well, if there is any band that, that was going to have probably their own, like, their own little mini episode, I'm glad that it was Nap Attack, because I apparently had a fair amount that I wanted to say about them, and, uh, I think that they were more formative for me than I fully realized, maybe? I mean, I, I knew that they, they did some stuff for me, but having to sit down and really talk about it, I think, is, is showing me that they've, they've done a lot more for me. So, I don't know. I'm, they, they may have just supplanted Asian Kung Fu Generation for, like, the top position in my pantheon. Um, I'm going to have to sit and think about that. But anyway, um, here are 10,000 welcomes, or no, 100,000 welcomes, and if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. <laughs>